Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. During the Tour de France for some fun after a long day watching the pros, I like to jump on Zwift. Matthew Vanderpool, Anna Vanderbregen and Garant Thomas all have a training program that highlights their strengths and each of the workouts is about 40 minutes. The good thing is you can do their fun is fast training program as a beginner or experienced rider. It's all based on your power output. To train like the best in the world, it's easy to get started. All you need is a bike, trainer and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Right on. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me, rested after a rest day, I assume, is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I am. I'm rested, and I'm, I'm pumped because I think we all are. We are rejuvenated and invigorated once again by that performance of Ben O'Connor before the rest day and uh, looking forward to the next, what, 10 days. And boy, 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 have we have a strange start of the, of the second week of this Tour de France. Tonight, it's a sprinter stage. Tomorrow, we head to Ventoux twice and then it's a sprinter stage again. So just look at what's happening tonight. Um, sprinter stage. First of all, we want to look at who's not going to start. It's a sprinter stage, but some of the sprinters are not going to be here. I'm thinking Demar, first of all, is not going to be here. There's many others that are not going to be here. It's very true. It is very true indeed. And so let's just quickly recap who has withdrawn. So pre-rest day, uh, stage nine, the stage that Ben O'Connor won. By the, at the start of the stage to the end of the day, these are some of the riders that did not start or withdrew overnight or were outside the time limit or just pulled out during the stage. Tim Merlier, Nans Peters, Primoz Roglic, Mathieu van der Poel we knew about, uh, Brian Cocker, the French sprinter. I'm disappointed for him. I was hoping he'd get a win. Uh, Anu Demar, as you mentioned. And this one, I'm really disappointed for him. He actually had, apparently had a crash. We missed this or we didn't see it in the coverage. Nick Lamani, the um, African rider for Team Quebeca. I'm really disappointed. He's the first black South African uh, to start uh, the tour. And uh, we'd sort of come across him first at Tour Down Under. He won the King of the Mountains jersey there a few years back. So, yeah, it was, it was you know, uh, he, like I said, he's in good company. But um, it was a tough day. It just shows how hard it was. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so tonight we, we're talking about a, um, a sprinter stage. This sprinter stage is a... What, what can you say about this sprinter stage? Is there's one cat four in it. It, go, it goes from Albertville to Valence. What's your reading on it? We're going almost 190 kilometers. I'm pretty convinced it will be a day for the sprinters. There's one little blip about... 20 kilometers to go um sorry no more than that about 30 kilometers to go there's a little climb doesn't look like much and it's not categorized but will it be anything to shake up the the sprinters trains but remember we just mentioned those sprinters that have gone home so you're not this is what happens in the second and third weeks you suddenly don't have the sprinters teams trying to control or sit on the front all day so this will be interesting i think de koenig though will control it Cav got himself through that cut with the help of his teammates. He will grab every single sprint stage he can go for here. So, and look, there's still no guarantees he'll finish it. He knows there's some hard mountains to come. So he'll be grabbing hold of this one, I think. 
Yeah, because in, in the last few Grand Tours he started, Cav, he has not finished them. So this would be interesting to see how far he can push this one. And can he actually go and defend this green jersey to Paris? I think if the weather stays good between now and, and um, uh, the finish, uh, it's funny. Normally the Alps, well, not normally, but I always remember sometimes the brutal temperatures you get in the Pyrenees and the Alps is actually quite good, but we've had two really brutal days in the Alps. I think if the weather comes good and stays good, I think Cav will survive. I think the fact that he got through those two tough days is testament to his sort of metal and his drive to want to make it, plus the fact he's in the green. He knows there's a little bit of um, sort of, even if he doesn't get the Merck's record, it's a little bit of history in the making. You know, how long was it since he last won last the green? How long has it been since he won a stage of the two? You know, he's creating some a storyline here. So I think he wants to really make it to the Champs. If we uh, take away Cav from uh, Cavendish from, uh, from this uh, stage, who else do you see? And that brings my next question. Mr. Colbrelli, which finished third on the previous stage, uh, he had the rest day in between. Is this a profile for someone like Colbrelli? Can he actually do anything in this little few pinches before and make it a hard day for Cav, therefore a good day for Colbrelli? He totally can. He's sprinting super quick. He's got the better of Michael Matthews on those two intermediates, didn't he, on the last two days. So absolutely, Peter Sagan is another one. And let's not forget Jasper Philipsen, uh, the other Belgian, or the Belgian for um, Alpecin Phoenix, who had a couple of opportunities on the flat stages. Now Tim Muller is gone, Matthew vanderpoel has gone, but he won't have much of a team to lead him out. Neither will some of these other teams. So that's who I see really as the guys. And Michael Matthews, of course. He's like everything or a lot of it now is all for the green with that team. Uh, team Bike Exchange, we saw Lucas Hamilton lose a chunk of time. Chavez lost a little bit. He's not, he's not out of contention by any means, but I think the big focus for them has to be to get on the podium in Paris. Yeah, there's not much more that we can say about this um, stage tonight. I think it's going to be a difficult stage in the sense that Riders don't like the rest day, funnily enough. The rest day breaks the rhythm. Um, and they, uh, as much as they are welcoming the rest day when he comes in, I reckon the next day after the rest day, they're cursing it a little bit because it's always a bit hard to, to go back to the, to the groove. And how is it to start with a longish state, 190 kilometers and a sprint? So it may likely to, I mean, basic question, will we see a breakaway? And... How do you see the stage unfold? I think we will. We'll see a break. The Category 4 climb, it, it goes for 7 kilometres, but it's 2.8%. So there's nothing in that. And it comes, it tops out at 58 kilometres into the day. So I think we'll see attacks in the first hour of racing. It's, we almost expect it, don't we? Um, I'm just not quite sure. I, 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 I think I'll stick with Dukernik. We'll control it. And I think if the weather's good, the riders, and I tell you what, I'm praying for them as well, that they have a nice day, nice weather, then they'll, they'll settle in and, and it, it won't be too bad a day if the weather's good. It's a long day, as you say, 190 Ks, but, you know, if the good weather makes a massive amount of difference, 190 in, you know, torrential rain or terrible weather that we've seen the last couple of days, it makes it 50% harder. Okay, let's look ahead of uh, the week to come because after this, uh, this day uh, for the sprinters or allegedly for the sprinters, like I said in the intro uh, of this podcast, we have the Ventoux 
twice. So we know the Ventu is a beast. Uh, they're going, and, and Kino said this uh, yesterday in the, uh, the Zwift uh, ride that we did uh, all together. But um, he said they're going one way, the hard way on Ventu, and then they're going the harder way <laughs> on Ventu. That kind of summarizes pretty much what is on the card. It, it, absolutely. It's, it is, it's actually madness the next, well, for the rest of the tour when you think about it. So we've got the sprint stage that we just talked about. Then Ventoux twice, which I think you said is the first in the history of the Tour de France. First ever time. They've went twice, I think, on top of uh, Alpe d'Huez or things that we've seen before. But for Ventoux, is the first time ever they're going twice on Ventoux. And Robbie made a very good point just on this thing as well. He said he remember climbing Ventoux and the relief and the satisfaction of finishing Ventoux and seeing the mountain top of Ventoux is a hard climb. But he said, I cannot believe, I cannot imagine how hard it would be for the guys to go and see the top of Ventoux and know they have to do it all over again the harder way. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to be brutal. So that's a 199-kilometre stage. So that is a longish stage as well. And then looking down to the finish, the Pyrenees don't come until, you know, the last um, four or five days. But we're forgetting that they've got Andorra. They've got two mountain days around Andorra. So you've got the Alps, the Pyrenees, which we know is always a given in the Tour de France. Ventoux, which can be thrown in, but they've got the second time, as we said. And then you've got Andorra as well. So they've, it's like they've got four mountain ranges in this year's race. This is, it is a day, it is a tour for the, for the mountain climbers. And then, of course, the um, tough TT at the end. Uh, and, and of course, yeah, that TT you said you, you mentioned at the end. So um, you mentioned in this podcast before that uh, to win the Tour de France, you have to cross the, fin the finish line. So therefore, we can safely say this Tour de France is far from being finished. When we look at the stages that we have, it's only the beginning. We are only pretty much a third in and it's nowhere near finished. So do not conclude that Pogacar has won the Tour de France yet. He might have. But the reality is he still hasn't. He needs to hold good form for the next 10 days. He needs his health to be good. Every Tour de France winner needs a little bit of luck. So he needs a little bit of luck. He's had that so far. So maybe that's the luck part. And he can't afford to have any more. He can't afford to have injuries. Can't afford to crash. Can't afford. So there's a lot of elements. If none of that happens and he keeps riding the way he is, yes, you would imagine he will win the Tour de France. But there's a long way to go and there's an Aussie not only fighting, I believe, for the podium, but he is his biggest threat as we speak. He is Pogacar and that's Ben O'Connor. He's Pogacar's biggest threat as we speak. I was going to mention uh, Ben O'Connor. From now, what does Ben have to do uh, in order to stay as close as possible to, to Pogacar and to potentially attack him wherever there are weaknesses of Pogacar if they come across along the stages? Well, he's got to rely on his teammates on the transitional days. Um, Oliver Narsen and, of course, Greg Van Avermaet, they had a tough day through the mountains, but they will be good now. And Van Avermaet as sort of road captain, perfect. So he's got a great road captain and two good guys on those transitional days. When it comes to the mountains, he's got uh, Paddy Pan and, of course, Cosnefoy. So two, two good guys that can help him in the climbs. And, look, once they're on say Vontu for the second time, for example, then it's up to him. Forget about your teammates. Well, if they're there, great. And if they're not, it doesn't matter. He's just then got to be able to follow. And if he can follow Pogacar, 
put some more time into the guys that matter behind him, like Catapaz, because these guys will attack, I would imagine. But Ben's showed he's got the form. He's got the legs because the day before his stage win, he finished in that front group um, behind Pogacar, but the, the main other contenders. So he's proving that he's come good. And look, his Giro d'Italia stage win uh, last year, I think it came in the third week. And the day before he won was another mountain day and he finished second on that stage. So he's proved already that he can back up deep into the second and third weeks. So he's on his way. And then he needs to produce a, a slightly better TT than what he did in the first one. But remember, he got caught up in crashes. And it's really the time lost for Ben O'Connor, apart from, I think, Murder Britannia, where he lost a little bit, but that was also from his injuries. He All his time has been lost from crashes. Otherwise, he hasn't lost any time. Yeah, I think what you summarize here is the fact that we have an exciting Tour de France on our hand. And remember, we said this when Pogacar got the yellow, we went, oof, okay, this is going to be interesting to see how it's developing. But now we have a very interesting Tour de France for us, Australians, uh, but for the general public as well. There will be an explosive couple of weeks, an explosive couple of stages. They will. And if it's anything to go by, I understand the ratings were through the roof the last couple of nights. So we love a good winner, don't we? We love a good winner and we love an Aussie who's who's fighting at the top. And look, it was slightly unexpected. We, we talked up Ben O'Connor, Jack Haig, Lucas Hamilton as the next gen of GC guys. Top 10, we said, was well within their grasp. And now 10 days in, this is a dream, having Ben O'Connor in second place overall and a stage win. This is massive. This is better than what we expected. Absolutely. Let's do it. This is the start of second week of the Tour de France. Uh, Maka will be uh, doing all uh, the podcasts uh, with myself uh, over this, this next uh, couple of weeks. And I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to unfold and we will be witnessing this with you. Thank you, Maka, for joining the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Thank you. Let's get into it. Absolutely. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word on our sponsor Zwift. On Zwift, you can explore the world while having fun training at home. Even better, you can do it during the tour as part of the Fun is Fast series. The events include group workouts and group rides, fondos, races, and as we all know, the tour ignites the competitive spirit in some of us. Time trials, Ventop, which is a replica of Mont Bon 2, and Women's Wednesday rides. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com, and hopefully I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.